0: Welcome to the second season of the Mastering the Mind podcast, where we will now be exploring the exciting and fast-growing world of esports. We will be interviewing a variety of professional esports players, coaches, and stakeholders in order to better understand the psychological demands of competing at the elite level and the important role the mind plays in esports performance. Today, we welcome Loic Eden Senepan to the podcast. Loic is a French Rainbow Six Siege head coach currently working for M&M Gaming.
1: M&M Gaming being his first head coach role, he's previously worked as an analyst at M&M Gaming, Team Orbit, Easy Dream, OrgSeq, and Bastille Legacy. So let's welcome Loic to the podcast.
0: Hello, how are you?
2: How are you How's been? I've uh, been great so far. A new start of the vacation for us. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, we're looking forward to like a, yeah this week for us we're slowing things down a bit on our side as well um yeah. so yeah looking forward to christmas spending time with the family yeah just stepping back uh, a bit it's been a busy year so uh so yeah yeah um, it's it's funny, sorry we took a bit of time with the intro, it's because Ollie has a hard time saying your name. it's because
1: there used to be a striker uh, in the Premier League, like in football, yeah. uh, called, uh, we used to call him Loic Remme, uh but yeah. John tells me it's Loic. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I pronounced it wrong to start with, but uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah and, uh, but John, John's from Belgium, the French part of Belgium, so he
2: speaks okay. French.
0: Uh, oh yeah. that's why <laughs> so I can teach Oli you know some, uh, some French and how to pronounce you know French names <laughs> yeah that's my yeah. We friends.
2: got yeah we got a lot of uh, word pronunciation in the French language so <laughs> uh, yeah, I can understand uh, yeah. the word
1: uh, I love the accent though. like French is one of my uh, favorite languages like to, to listen to like, I listen to a lot of French rap yeah uh, um, so
0: yeah nah, I love it <laughs> uh, yeah um, he, he Oli loved the 9VG Dream the oh, la yeah. coupe à la maison, he yeah. always puts that on and Obviously, oh, France, that was Boston. my national
1: anthem on uh, on, on Sunday <laughs> for the World Cup. They couldn't bring it home.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, we missed it unfortunately, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah. In four four years now, the, yeah. the next one is ours. Yeah. Um, hopefully. Well, well did hopefully you feel? For England. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: for England. Yeah. How did you feel about that final? Were you like gutted, or did you feel oh. like it was deserved, or? So i him. was
2: I was watching with friend in the city in uh in a bar with a lot of people so it was really uh into the the joy into the game um but yeah to, to be honest we the first half we didn't play well so we saved ourselves in the second one at least it was better and yeah it was it was not a great game for for friends team let's say on the wall uh on the wall picture so i'm not that disappointed we kind of missed our finals so it is what it is. They just make uh, make the team learn, I think, and it'll be better in four years.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. Uh I, I've seen the pictures of uh, Mbappé um watching at the at the cup and coming back in France. I think he he will get even hungrier for the win in four years. So I
1: think we're gonna see another level of Mbappe. Yeah. Like, already his performance on like that day, like
2: oh, yeah. Oh, and... He is insane. Yeah, him and, and Griezmann are yeah two great players so yeah. yeah and we we have them at least for i think two maybe three world cups so we have a lot of hopes and we have the younger generation coming in so they were
0: impressive when they came yeah. on they changed the dynamic of the team like yeah. so much more energy i love the france uh yeah Wants nice. to watch in the next world cup and yeah in the next years yeah, sure. yeah we'll see yeah.
2: that's gonna be interesting i think yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah but um yeah I suppose back on to sort of gaming um <laughs> talking about um I, I just briefly wanted to talk about I think we missed you at uh John Sherping y- you was there with uh with Eminem
2: yeah I was there and uh yeah well since we stopped at the Stockholm uh, group stages then we didn't go to John Shopping directly so yeah okay yeah
1: yeah we we was there that was our first LAN event that we ever went to um, nice it was, oh, it
0: was so did cool. you enjoyed it yeah, yeah. Really <laughs> so eye opening, and it's so impressive to see like um just so many people being so passionate about gaming. Yeah. Like it's so funny just to see everyone like with their chairs and like bringing their suitcases yeah. with their like PC in it. Like yeah, yeah. It's it's sort of like. Were
2: you were you only on the tournament uh, days, or were you also before of with the meeting of all the uh, sports guy preparing uh esports new things etc.
0: Yeah, at the conference. Um, we were at a yeah. conference, the ERN conference. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that was like three days and then we went yeah. uh to, to DreamHack to Okay. So yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah, I had also some friends from um um EGS school that were presenting a few things. Um a Ben and um, I can't remember the other one name. Um but yeah they um... they are preparing um uh, things about um, scholarships and esports. How you can um, uh, teach esports and what are the best way to teach esports to the younger generation. So mm-hmm. yeah, they've made a, a conference the day before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Was Yannick one of the people? There? Yeah, it was yeah, Yannick. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. We we actually were at the same table with them on uh, when we <laughs> had, were having dinner. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, nice. They were, they were great <laughs> guys. Super, super <laughs> cool guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. For sure,
1: I was speaking about French rap with them as well, and uh, <laughs> he, he was showing me a couple of songs.
0: <laughs>
2: but, uh, nice,
1: but yeah, nice. no. Uh, I, I suppose we've jumped in pretty quick there, but uh, sort of to bring it back to, for the listeners to get to know you a bit better. Yeah. Um. Sort of talk us through your journey to date to where we are now. So from growing up, how you got interested in gaming, how you got interested in esports, R6 yeah. specifically. Uh, and how did you get into the current role you're in? Talk yeah. us through your whole journey. <laughs>
2: um, My first contact with uh, any forms of gaming or video games was when I was like 10 years old. Um, My whole family for my uh, birthday offered me a laptop and that's how I started like every kid was the years of uh, Minecraft. So obviously I was playing a lot of Minecraft with my friends. Uh, And growing up, uh, Minecraft became uh, League of Legends and a bit of CSGO. Um, So yeah, I and my first contact in eSport was League of Legends uh, World Championship. It was probably, I would say 2014 or 15. Mm -hmm. Um, It was the year, where Faker took the second title, I think. Okay. Uh, something like this. So I was starting to just watch esports at the time. I was not really great uh, at League of Legends. So I wasn't even believing in doing esports my life. Um, I was watching, enjoying. And then one day, I've seen a Rainbow Six uh, E3 trailer where the operators come down from the helicopter to house. Yeah. Um, and I don't know, so it created something in me. I was like, wow, the, the game is amazing. I have to play this. I have to see what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so I tried to uh, pull my friend with me that were playing CSGO at this time uh, to Rainbow Six, but none of them were interested. So I just ended up alone in Rainbow Six. Uh, and I joined a bit of French communities, different ones um and uh, i met some friends and i was still underage because when it when rainbow six got out um it was yeah i was 16 at this time okay. uh, when it came out so i couldn't do any sports but i was watching uh i've seen our young uh taking the first title etc yeah. and i was waiting patiently while my friends were starting to do like it was go for at the at this time on the Sunday, yeah, Saturday and Sunday, I think. Um, so I was just watching them doing this, and then when I when I got eighteen, I started also to search for a team. Um, one of my first team was uh, Matt Corps, uh, that was a very old uh, esports French club that closed uh, was probably two or three years ago. Um, and then after Matt Corps closed, we were a three teams. And our team was the youngest, and probably the, prom- the one with the most future for them. So we searched for something else, and we joined all at this time. Um, and with all after a few months, um, players talked to me and said, well, you see, uh, we think that you're not in the level anymore. And we were thinking about replacing you. And I was also a bit feeling the same and I had less time also to to work on myself and to improve. Um, so I was literally not at a very great level. It was a national league weren't even created yet. I probably we would have been like at the second half of French league at this time. Um, so I just stepped out as a player and uh, uh APAC uh, told me you have a great vision. Be our coach, uh, so I started to coach them a bit, uh, and then I joined ADAKI Esports, um, and we've gone to uh, Gamers Assembly together. Uh, so the three days of uh, LAN event, uh, it was uh, I've seen Millennium, I've seen Vitality, and uh, one meeting that literally changed my career was uh, meeting uh, Oplon guys. They had uh, at this time it was the team with uh, Spoken and. I think Auxis was with them also. Um, they were just getting demoted or in the process of getting demoted from Pro League at this time. And Dras, the coach, we spent one day speaking to each other literally about the game, about the vision, about a lot of things. Mm-hmm. And three months after, he sent me a message saying, hey, um, Sparkso joined Millennium. Uh, I have been bailed out. So I need someone to help me. I need an analyst and someone to teach a bit of coaching. Uh, are you interested? Do you want to join? Um, so I said, yeah, obviously, I'm very interested. Um, and I was also moving out of my parents' place for my studies. Um, so I was more, let's say, free. And I said, yeah, I joined, whatever. Um, so I joined him and we were at this row at this time, uh, waiting to have a team because this row uh, was at this time a uh, Esport club created by ourselves for ourselves. Um, And we uh, played, I think it was Open Cup. Yeah, Open Cup were finished third. Uh, Vitality and I can't remember the team that won. But um, yeah, we we finished third at this tournament and then jumped into Challenger League. Uh, Didn't go well. We finished on the second half, got relegated, etc. Then the team disbanded, and the year after, we created another team with spoken uh, spoken chaosis. Uh, there was already Deersa. Uh, f- <laughs> Can't remember the other ones at uh, this time. <laughs> <laughs> so many players. Yeah, exactly. Um, but whatever, we got to um, to Gamers Assembly once again with this new team and. We finished four or fifths, and we heard that uh, French league are going to will we be created. Uh, so we started to hear about a bit about that, and we learned that you needed at this time to have a company to join French league because it was best to receive uh, the money. So we uh, started to work with a uh, Tank as our manager. And he got us into Bastille Legacy, and we got the spots. It was uh, Deersa, P4, Kaoxys, um Cucus. Um, he changed his nickname. Uh, <laughs> no, but I can't remember what he changed. Uh, and uh, what was the last? Who was the last one? that's a shame (laughs) (laughs) the pressure's on (laughs) yeah but yeah so we started our our journey on the french league um it was uh it was interesting working together i was still uh analyst at this time and helping uh, to for the coaching stuff etc um we played the first half of french league as basi legacy then uh well let's say, classic trouble with some eSport org. They uh, didn't got any money. didn't got what they say they would got us. So we just left. Um, and were looking for a team. And we got picked up by Easy Dream, that is an um, uh, eSport club related to um, a handball club in uh, Aix-en-Provence. Okay. Uh, they are actually a League of Legends team. Uh, and at this time, we're the second team to come in. So they took us in, uh, great facilities, uh, gaming house. Um, they made us uh, unlimited boot camp etc. It was, it was a truly great time, and it was a major part in our know, success in the second half of French league. Um, and when COVID started, um, we parted ways uh, with Easy Dream. Uh, so Draz and me left. Uh, Draz has got into NAVI, and he told me, "Well, it's time for you to fly alone. I guess uh, I've teached teach you basically." almost everything so let's jump on your on your own career and um spark so the one that got by by millennium before was actually coaching a bit of um M&M players at this time that were in challenger league and he was looking for someone to help him so he said just send him a message saying hey you know him you know me he's yeah. looking for so i also sent him a message and he recruited me and that's how i joined m M&M. and as an analyst and second coach. Mm. Then we've got through one Challenger League together. Got uh it was second place here, yeah, lost the relegation game. After that it was a bit hard. We got player, two player leaving, Dats um, that's and Funkers, um, because they had the other plan in life and they had a successful career ahead of, of them. Uh, and then two other players got bailed out, one in Navi, one in G2. And it was uh, Yuzus. (laughs) Yuzus, Sparkso, and me left uh, from the original uh, team. Um, So we took in uh, Nelo, we took in, it's not in the right order, but we took in Nelo, we took in some uh, promising young players, so uh, Tyrants, Solotov, and Neo. And we also recruited Archer to help us on the more strategic part. Uh, So at this time, I was still doing analysis and I stepped down a bit of uh, helping uh, Sparkso as coach. I was mostly Sparkso managing the, let's say, well-being of the team and Archer on the strategical part. Then Sparkso also had the career opportunity, so he left and Omerta come in to replace him. Uh, and we worked as three for the second challenge, only try. And uh, also for SI, uh, Wall SI. Then came back from SI, so continued to work as a trio for stage one. And at the end of stage one, um, Omerta stepped down as a coach. Uh, and player asked me, and Cal, the CEO of MM, asked me to step in as the main coach. Uh, I was like, yeah, that's stressful. I've been taught how to do it. I've never actually uh, done it like 100% on my responsibility. But let's do it. That's that's a new challenge, and I, I, I take it. Yeah. And so we've gone through stage two, Berlin, stage three, Stockholm together as uh, me as, let's say, main coach yeah. and Archer uh, on the strategical parts. And I'm also doing the analysis in, uh, still a bit. Okay,
1: so you have both roles, the, the yeah.
2: analyst and analyst. Wow. Yeah, I'm um, doing both. Well, lately we are less, uh, let's say it's less important for us to have an analyst uh, so far because we watch a lot of votes together and we, we do a lot of things together that the analyst would do alone. So it's not really useful. I'm just bringing a few tools uh, on the analysis side. Oh, yeah. But, yeah.
1: Okay, yeah, loads to sort of unpack there. But uh, you obviously had a, a really good result, I suppose, at the weekend in the EUL finals, uh, yeah. finishing like the second best in the EU. Like, that's unbelievable. Like, how, how did you feel? Obviously, I watched uh, part of uh, Against Wolves, um, yeah. but then it was my sister's birthday, so I had to <laughs> uh And then on the Saturday, um, I did get a chance to watch because I was out. But yeah, how did it feel um, sort of finishing second?
2: Well, i uh, a bit disappointed because yeah. kind of like France football team, we missed our final, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, didn't really play correctly, but it is what it is. And to be honest, after one year in the UL, finishing second is already really good for us. Um, yeah. Obviously, you're always a bit disappointed because you want to be first. That's yeah. how everyone is. But yeah, if if I have to be honest, second is already a great result for us and a great base to to work on so yeah it's good i'm enjoying this uh time off with a second uh, second place in the ul
1: for sure that's no, a great basis to build off and uh a great achievement for you yeah sort of a head coach and, and sort of yeah your first sort of time doing it um mm-hmm. obviously throughout your journey you've been an analyst for a lot of it done a mm-hmm. bit of coaching but a lot of it was being an analyst yeah. Was being a head coach always the goal for you or where did you sort of see yourself in Augs? Like, did you have your eyes on the head coach or, or not? Uh,
2: to be honest, not really. Uh, I wasn't even, until m M&M, and I wasn't even really thinking that I could make esports uh, for a living. Uh, it was mostly like a passion on the side for me. Yeah. Uh and when I joined M M&M and M and we got opportunities, we got some um, to improve, we got to go into uh, the first division EUL, then I was yeah, I was thinking more and more that I could make a living out of it. So I would say the first goal was just to try and live for my patient. Um and yeah, obviously you always want to not put yourself in the in the first place, but you want to have the control and being put a, yeah, I don't know to say it. It's like you want to be able to drive the team uh, on the road that you want. Uh, obviously, when you are, well, when, I, when I was an analyst, I had my word on the coaching and what the coach was doing, but ultimately that's him making the choice. Um, and I'm still, questioning a lot uh, Archer on what I do and what the possibilities we have right now but ultimately that's me that choose what I want to do so it's always mm, I would say more and better to be in charge but no that wasn't the goal at the start and when I got the opportunity I was still very happy to have it uh, because Mm -hmm. I, I was feeling that I could help the team and I want this team to grow and to be better so yeah, I was really happy when I got the opportunity.
0: yeah. You mentioned that that transition from obviously being the, the analyst being, you know, sort of that assistant to yeah. the head coach was sort of like a scary opportunity for you, but you yeah. still did it because it was a it was a challenge. Um yeah. but what were some like hurdles or like challenges did you experience, you know, with just starting as a as a sort of head coach? What are some things you felt were different or you know, would you would you say? If you had Um, any,
2: if you had (laughs) any specific, yeah. Well, you have to, you have to make sure every every day that players are correctly matching together, uh, in a good mood, uh, happy to work, etc. And sometimes it's hard because you have uh, personal trouble that come of the way. You have uh, players sometimes that uh, start to be probably a bit aggressive with. uh, sometimes mostly happen with debrief to be honest where players have different point of views so the biggest challenge as a as a coach is to keep the team together uh, keep them in a good work environment mm-hmm. um yeah and outside of this it's uh i would say that uh, i love to manage the the kids that i have in the team because that's how players are. They are hundred percent focused on the game. So you, you have to also teach them a bit of uh, outside and of everything not life-related. But you have to show them something else. Uh, Sometimes they are on locked on their vision of the game, and you also have to widen the the vision they have. Yeah. So it's not always easy. Also, uh, you have to find different ways to explain something. Uh, Some player will receive simple explanations. Some others will need more complicated one. Some will need more time to accept. Some are on the go. They will say, OK, let's try it. It's really different. And it's also trying to find what works with some player, what doesn't work with the others. I know that I can say something directly in front of some players. And another one, I can't say it directly to him because he would take it badly and then I will have to wait a day or to, or to explain more deeply what I want. So, yeah, it's the most challenge is to literally manage people.
1: Yeah. Are you enjoying it? Like, uh, do you enjoy the role? And in the future, at beyond Eminem, like, will yeah. you go for the head coach role or will you go back to sort of being an analyst? Like...
2: How are you enjoying the role? Um, I'm enjoying it more than I was expecting, to be honest. Um, I was really, my mindset when I accepted this was, uh, I'm scared. I don't know what's ahead of me. I was always in an environment that was feeling comfortable for me. And it was stepping outside of my comfort zone for me. Um but after a few months uh I started to get the grip and know how to do things, which player will react to what, etc. So I'm enjoying it more and more. And no, I don't think uh, I want to come back to analyst now. Uh probably yeah, coaching head coaching probably will yeah. be what I wanted what I want to do in the future because it's um I don't know. Do you say it? You're you're also proud of what they do uh, when they win the tournament, when they when they finish second in and You're proud. Obviously, that's a bit of your work that is inside the success, but that's also them, and you're proud to have succeeded in putting them here or helping them to get here. So mm-hmm. it's um, it's a great feeling. Yeah,
0: definitely. I was really curious on the sort of what else, maybe I don't know if what your sort of approach is as a coach maybe in terms of maybe, like if you have like a potential philosophy like values as a coach you mentioned a lot about being able to manage people is there anything else in, in your approach do you and, and how did you sort of develop that approach was it through just pure experience or was it reading specific resources or
2: um else? mostly experience uh i would say uh, obviously just taught me a lot and um... He was of great, uh, great help at the start. Um, I uh, I want to help my players to also develop themselves because they, they won't stop their life with esports. Uh, we all know that it's an industry where you can get kicked out or just drop or lose your level almost any day. Um, so I want my players to acquires uh, a bit of skills and uh, a set uh, set of skills that will help them in the whole life, whatever they want to do after. Um, I know that almost all my players have plans outside of eSports if it's stop, wow. or they have an idea of what they want to do after if they get a champion, invitation and champion one year. Yeah. So yeah, I, I really want to not be just someone they've met but someone that probably have helped them help them grow as a as a human mm. and not only uh not only a player uh yeah okay. i think it's important
1: 100 percent. A super reassuring first to hear you know yeah as a as a sports psychologist like that's what we <laughs> try to do because Developing a wider identity is so important for how sort of cutthroat esports is. You know, the roster changes, you may find yourself out of a role, out of a job, um, and you need to have other interests outside of just esports and and skills that you can utilise outside of esports that can go into other careers or other jobs uh, or even other roles in esports, like like being an analyst, like being a coach. Like your players could go on to be analysts and coaches based off the skills that they learn. It's similar to sort of the work that we're doing in traditional sports as well as esports um, mm. at the moment, we're working with like academy footballers. Yeah. Uh, so, like 16 year olds, um, sort of helping them navigate through that transitional period where they get released. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, throughout school, they've been so focused on football and not really their education. Suddenly, yeah. when they get released, they have no other interests or anything outside of football. Yeah. They have a whole identity crisis and it creates a lot of psychological distress. Yeah. Um, so it's like how do we navigate that period and that's sort of where we come in and sort of help support so it's reassuring you as a coach are doing that and and facilitating that within your your players it's super reassuring for me to hear yeah. uh, that so yeah, yeah. so sort of props to you
2: <laughs> <laughs> thanks well we 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 work with young people so sometimes yeah i remember a few things in easy dreams um our players uh well, it was uh, P4 and Shinka. They started their career. They just get yep. out of school, uh, got the majority a few months before. And it's uh, you can see the difference between them, for example. I'm taking them as example because they have uh, a great career now. Yeah. You can see the difference between them and someone like Cauxis uh, or Spoken that were uh, five to six or seven years uh, older than them that, are already a work experience in real life, etc. cetera. Uh, that's really, you really have two different players with different mentality uh, that can receive stress a different way. Uh, and that was really interesting. Um, mm. And that was something that I experienced because we, I got the two different types in the same team. And I could see the difference. And I could see that, yeah, young players, uh, you need to teach them a bit uh, of Life, I would say, yeah. and to help them grow, because usually that's what you do when you work in a company and you have colleagues, etc., uh, and you learn by seeing others. But you're in an overcompetitive environment, yeah. so you're more, more, let's say, pushed to think about only yourselves, your competence, your, how you, how you can be better, and yeah. not thinking about afterlife, uh, the others, etc for sure it's important
1: whilst we're on the topic of identity and sort of a lot of players identity being solely within Mm -hmm. just playing the game um do you think you could talk to us about sort of how your role is on sort of a day-to-day basis so they can maybe any esports players that are listening to this Mm -hmm. can understand okay what is the role of an analyst what is the role of a coach like what does it look like on a day to day? Would that be something that they're interested in? Because like educating them on what those mm. roles include is, is super important if they were to go and sort of go down that uh, that route. Yeah. So talk us through like your role as an analyst. Like what what would you be doing on a day to day? What would you be doing at events? Mm. Um, and also as a coach as well. Take us through both.
2: Yeah. So when I was analyst and hundred percent dedicated to this, my day was mostly. Uh, Google Docs, <laughs> uh, filling, uh, filling yeah. Google Sheets to bring out stats to my team. Um, the goal is to have two, let's say, two different type of stats. You have internal stats that I take from uh, Screams every day. Uh, no, I lighten up this work, and I have like uh, win percentage of sites, um, team compositions. Um, percentage of winning per strats and I also collect things like uh, KD for my players etc because uh, that can help me track sometimes if a player start to lose a bit of level and I can see also days they are better days they are less better um, so that's for the internal bot that is almost pure, purely statistical and also because at this time I didn't needed to watch over the strategic inside the team, because we got uh, Spark, so that was doing it. And after, it was Archer. Um, and for the outside, uh, the other teams, I was also collecting stats. So I collect as many stats as I can. Um, win percentage, team composition, uh, what they ban, uh, side they start, um, most uh, most win side, etc. cetera. Um, And I watch what they do um, as a team. So if they have uh, automatism, uh, if they have something they always do, an entry that is always going at the same window or same door, if they they do something at the same timing, uh, I watch over everything I can. And then I take everything uh, into notes. And then you have vote session with the players. So I just go over. Uh, one round, and I said, OK, I've seen them do this, this, this. I watched, I don't know, if, or, if I want to make an analysis of, uh, let's say, Wolves on Oregon. Then I watch two or three VOD, uh two or three last time they played Oregon. And then I go back to my player, I show them four, five round in attack, almost the same amount in defense. And I said, this is typically what they do. Uh, they will go this way. They have these strats. They will do this, this, this. Okay. Um, So this is when you have to do a big analysis and bring it to the player. This is what I I was doing before. Uh, Now I changed a bit because I have less time. And also uh, we need it less because now the meta is mostly adaptive and you have a lot of changes. So I'm only um, watching... I'm still watching a lot of VOD, but I... Take back almost all the vod with me, and we watch it uh, with the players. So I don't really mark down a lot of things before. I just start the vod, and we speak uh, through the vod, and we say, "Oh, they do this, this, this." And I said, "Oh yeah, I've also seen them do this." Uh, so we change a bit of our strategies that we plan to play, and that's how we are ready to play. Um, so that's for the analyst part. Uh, also. One thing that you have to keep in mind if someone wants to be an analyst is that the coach have to tell you what he needs. Uh, if he needs something more particular then he has to tell you. Because as an analyst, I was when I was joining every team, uh, I was displaying a set of things that I can do. But obviously, if I do everything, it would take me like one week to watch uh, one team. And that's mm. not productive enough. So then the coach said, oh, this is useful. This is useless. Stop doing this. And, yeah. Okay. So you're you're drived by the coach. Um, and as a as a coach now, uh, I watch over the screams. Uh, obviously, that's my first uh, my day to day job. Uh, watch over the scream. Um, I'm with Archer, so Archer is focused onto uh, the strategic part. Is this strat working? Is it not working? What is wrong? What is good? Why are we getting destroyed on this map? Yeah. <laughs> why, why Why do we get rushed every time on this bomb site? That's make no sense. All right, so what's happening? Uh, we try to find solution together, and then we try to present it to the players. So it, it can be, oh yeah, in this defense, the problem is that we have one player that should be on site. But since uh, his reinforcement routine is too long, then it can't be on site in time, so we get rushed every time. So we have to change it. So that's uh, on the strategic part. And I also watch over to the comms. Uh, that's an important part in Siege, because a team is based on communication. Um, uh, so yeah, I listen what they said, how they said it. Uh, if one player is not listening, if players are, say, are saying too many things, uh, if they say useless thing, uh, also, when you write down when they uh, uh, talk a lot, uh, I would say, for example, we got destroyed in first round. We go on the same site the second time. And then they are still debriefing the first round uh, halfway through the reinforcement uh, time. And that's one thing that is not good. So you want to write it down and having said on the debrief. Yeah, no. uh, it's hard at every level you will face this. Uh, players love to talk about mistakes that they have done or the other have done. Uh, so sometimes it's hard to make the, this kind of st- talk stop. But this is just uh, screams, so that's OK. Um, and, um, and yeah, uh, basically the well-being of the team. So I'm making sure that no one at the end of the day have a grudge against another player or have a problem, or have taken badly some some sentence that someone else said, or some feedback that another player said. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, that's it. And obviously, starting to prep the next day. So at the end of every day, um, I give them goals sometimes uh, of what they do. For example, I ask them to try plant more, or to try to just go for the kills. Uh, and at the end of the day, we sit on Teamspeak with Archer and we spoke a bit about what how was the day and what do we want to do next day. Uh, also, because in Rainbow Six we have a lot of maps, lot of strategies. Uh, do we have new strategies that they want? We want them to try or things like this. Yeah. So that's that's always about trying to anticipate what will happen the next day, next week, next month. <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: It's it's fun. I'm smiling because when you explain the strategies. Oliver and I tried playing R6 the other day and we're very much COD players. So yeah. when we go in the room, we just rush. We don't even like check the angles, you know. So it was, it was, it was a... Tell, catastrophe tell about cosplay.
1: 1v4. Yeah, only uh... did the
0: 1v4. He clutched it. He was the last person alive. And uh... <laughs> But yes. no. Sign yeah, me up. Yeah, this <laughs> is the
2: interesting part of uh, Rainbow Six, to be honest, and what difference... the the biggest difference between Rainbow Six and everyone's title because Valorant or CSGO are interesting games but let's be honest when your map can be 40 to even 50 percent destroyed then that bring another a complete different view to the to the map and to the gameplay so yeah strategy is a big part on Rainbow Six (laughs)
0: like you know like hitting like um like breaking the reinforcements, getting yeah. like a little angle, it's crazy. There the it was stuff that was angle. happening
1: to me that I was like, ha- like, how has this even happened? Like, I thought I was safe, and then suddenly, like, someone, <laughs> someone just shooting it there, or, or like some explosive just comes through the wall, and it's like, yeah. Uh great
0: and 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 when you don't know the maps like we don't know the maps yet so it's uh, so hard to like orientate ourselves and like oh geez yeah. it's so fun I'm like yeah it was yeah. good it was good I enjoyed um, 100%. it 100% and I was gonna ask you in those sort of like vod reviews with the players how much input do they have on like what you've collected like on, on the information you've collected do you sort of ask them their opinions and their thoughts and maybe like create a discussion no. like a yeah or... it's
2: um... It's always a discussion because, ultimately, in-game, uh, coaches have 45 seconds to talk to the players on tactical break. And since one, each team can take only one tactical break per maps, then that means you have only 45 seconds for yourself. And The second 45 seconds is just random. If the other coach want to take it, they take it. But if they don't, then... Yeah, you can just consider that over an hour of game, you have 45 seconds where you can talk to them. Mm. So they have the key to the game, they have the key to the strategy while being in game, and you have to be confident in your players to know how to adapt and to know what they will do, what strategy they will bring. So obviously, it's a different a bit. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's <laughs> that's a that's a discussion. Uh, you want them to. Uh, learn and uh, know what the other team is doing. So you want them to also propose changes or to say, oh, can we do this? Uh, I think I can place myself here instead of here because on the previous uh, games, I was always on this position. So i just try to hold this angle differently. Um, this is the kind of thing you want them to come up with. Uh, and so you're sure that, yeah. That if it's something that come from them, they will remember it. If it's something that come from you, then they can uh, sometimes forget it. And yeah. obviously, we wrote down what we do and what changes we want, so they have notes later uh, while coming coming in the game. Like usually, uh, ten minutes before, it's not uh, possible. But like even to 20 or 30 minutes before the game, they can still go back on the notes and see what, what they want to change, what what was discussed. So yeah. yeah, it's important to have a discussion with them.
0: Yeah. And it sort of empowers them as well, you know, giving them that initiative. And like you said, when things go right, it can only be like beneficial. It's like yeah. they, it, it sort of come from them. Uh, yeah. Their problem solving skills, like you give them the tools and they sort of like use it and sort of come up with the formula themselves yeah. uh, in game. Because yeah, exactly, yeah, you can't prep for everything. They can do some <laughs> yeah you know, unexpected things. So, yeah, and, and that's really ultimately,
2: cool. that's them. That's them that are spending eight day, eight hours a day on the game. So you you can you can be as knowledgeable as you want, but ultimately, that's them inside. That's them that I've learned how to react in one second to a problem. So yeah, that that have to come from them. Yeah. That's something they need to also develop
0: hi guys adri time so if you're an esports player an esports coach or an esports organization who's simply interested in incorporating psychology support within your system feel free to reach out you know at mastering the mind we provide different types of services whether it's one-to-one support team support or educational workshops on the mental side of eSports. You know, we really seek to support players and coaches develop the necessary psychological skills to not only enhance their eSports performance, but enhance their eSports participation experience as well. So whether it's coping with tilt or, you know, coping with the pressure of competition, you know, those feelings of stress and anxiety before a big comp, these are all things that we can help you with. The first session is free of charge, so feel free to reach out. And if you want more information, just visit www.mtmconsultancy.org or just send us a message on our various social media accounts at mtm underscore Right, back to the episode.
1: You mentioned... Um... So obviously that sort of forty-five seconds where you can sort of uh, touch base with them and, and speak mm-hmm. through what happened in that round and what to do in the next round. Uh, and you also mentioned earlier in the pod sort of uh, managing relationships, um, like mm-hmm. talking about different like sentences that they may have said to each other during that interval where you're talking to them, like in a tournament, in mm-hmm. that forty-five seconds. You know what are the sort of things that you're saying? Uh, what sort of uh like level of environment are you trying to is it a calm one or is it quite a, an aroused one where everyone's sort of hyped? Like what are you going for in terms of that? Like what's your feedback to the players and, and how do you what's your tone of voice as well? Um
2: it depends of the situation I would say. Um for example you're down zero four uh team is depressed then you want to hype them because you know, it's not a strategical problem. It's just that they either don't believe or aren't hyped enough. So you want to hype the team. So you have 45 seconds to bring your best voice, try to cheer them, uh, say something that will uh, light them up and make the up the hype go goes up. Yeah. Um, if you are, let's say, getting 3, 4, then it can be a strategical problem, so you're starting to give some hints about what you said before, about what uh, you wanted to change. If if they haven't applied the changes, then you can say, hey, remember that we spoke about this. Um, it also, you can say a, a bit about what the team is doing. If the team have bring uh, changes to their gameplay or to their strategies, then you can say, oh, I've noticed that they've changed this, uh, so we can expect them to be... Uh, less aggressive or to be uh, uh, slower than expected for example or if a team usually go for the kill and know they have planted three times you can say hey uh, bring our plant deniers because uh, they have changed their gameplay to trying to plant instead of trying to get the kills uh, and the the thing that also happens is that when the other coach is uh, taking a tactical break then you are winning 4-0 for example and the other coach is taking the tactical break. Then, at this time, you want to keep the hype, but don't have them, um, let's say, being hyped too much, because they will either spend too too much energy, or they will also yeah. their brain will start to go uh, elsewhere. They will start to do weird things, not playing correctly together. So you just want to either don't talk too much, or just say, "All right, that that was great. We keep this way." And just keep the keep the team as they are. So that's really different depending on the situation. Yeah, sometimes yeah. you want them to be hyped. Sometimes you want them to stay as as they are. Sometimes you want them to talk about strategies. That's lots of different uh, opportunities. And, yeah, yeah, different okay. possibilities.
1: So you're 0-4 down. Give us your best motivational hype. <laughs> <laughs> let's <laughs> no.
0: really really no, no. say yours oliver come on <laughs> oh,
1: i'd have to i'd have to bring up from rocky or something yeah <laughs> but, uh, no. yeah no. but no um I-, I wanted to sort of touch on something that i saw when i was sort of doing my research on you like looking around your profile Um, i saw on your ig that you're certified by snowball gg and egs eastbourne Study. Yep. Talk us through, like, sort of what that involved, what that means, um, and and sort of the process of
2: that. Yeah. What, what does it mean? So, uh, Snowball GG is a website where you can uh, book uh, coaches sessions. Um, there is a ten or I think twenty now um, coaches. Mostly, most of them are French. Yeah. Uh, you have a good level of coaches. You have uh, you had Alphama for a time, also that was on the on the website. Okay. So. Uh, it's it's a yeah, it's a big website where you can um, coach people and um, the way to get certified is to have all the coaches already in to accept you uh, and we started I was at almost the base of the project I was between the yeah I was in the 10th first coach to join uh, and we created this uh, kind of rainbow six session on the website uh, the goal is to have less uh, not less sorry but as much as many people that want to uh, book a coach or go into esports to have the possibility to get access to a coach Uh, so you have different level different coaches some are for really beginners some are available for teams some are available for teams that want to join um, a competition or a major competition Um, so yeah that's really wide, and you have a lot of possibilities. Yeah. So if people want to check out, most of them are French. So if there is English-speaking people, then <laughs> sorry, you have to find another website. But, <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> some of the coaches can speak English. So they would yeah. probably try find try find yeah. something. Yeah. Um, and uh, EGS is the, the school, so where Yannick and uh, Benoit uh, are working. Uh, and I give uh, lessons to uh, students here with uh, draws also um they developed um a course. Yeah? Oh, yeah. They developed a course where uh it's kind of like uh what you can you will see in sports uh, where uh, the young uh, players also go for a study for a diploma at the end of the year but at the same time instead of learning football, learning rugby or real sports, they learn esports. So they have the choice between six or seven e-sport title in the in the school, and they have dedicated coaches to help them. So on Rainbow Six is Draz and me. Uh, we taught them not everything we know, but we tried to drive them into um, e-sport career. Uh, most of them want to become player, but now there is a, a bit of people that try to um, go over the coach or analyst um, direction. So we help them. Uh, we teach them what we know, we teach them about the game, uh, we give them exercises, we give them hints to develop. Uh, we try to help them having an esport career, basically. Uh, we don't do promises like some school are doing so when we say, oh, yeah, pay us uh, this amount of money and in three years we will have an esport job. It's mostly you will study to have a diploma and a safe way out, and you can study and have someone helping you on e field that will probably give a career. And if not, you have a diploma you can get out. Um, and yeah, we we have a, a really promising uh, student that is named Frozen that was playing with BK in French League last year. Uh, and yeah, we he was a, a really good level when he came in. And he's now a, a, good, uh, a good player, I would say. Uh, so yeah, we have uh, we have some small talents that are going to emerge. Obviously, yeah. it's not easy because that's a lot of competition in esports. Uh, but yeah, they, they have everything uh, in their hands to perform. They have uh, coaches dedicated to game. They have psychologists, uh, uh, also sport coach mm-hmm. to help them. Um, they have people that help them uh, for sleep schedule. Um, what they eat, what uh, yeah, what is needed, uh, energetic uh, things, etc. So, yeah, that's yeah. that's a whole uh, a, a whole teaching course over how to be a pro player, I would say. Yeah, but, yeah that's that's really cool. Oh, yeah, yeah. That
1: sounds really interesting. Is it do you teach in person or is it on online? If it isn't, um, where is, where's it
2: based? The it's based in Bordeaux, so I'm I'm like. 20-minute drive to to the to the school, uh, but it's uh, it's possible for students to be remote. So we have we actually have like I think two-thirds of our students that are remotely. Uh, but I would be honest, uh, the strength of EGS is to have people here uh, in Bordeaux. Yeah. Uh, they have big facilities, big room filled with. Uh, they have two big rooms with 40 PC in each um you can play all day uh there is a uh, classes there is a a wall gym uh, gym area with a lot of uh, um match uh, match yeah well, Mater- material thanks yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh boxes uh balls etc so yeah you you can be you can be taken by by someone and followed by by people easily here so yeah the yeah. The most promising one are, are moving to, to Bordeaux generally to yeah. be more yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, it's really nice that they get to experience these different professionals working with them. So like a psychologist, mm. you know, the sort, sort of sports science angle, you know, the sleep sort of coach. It's really nice because it gets them used to what to expect maybe at the highest level as well. Um, because maybe yeah. at the highest level, sometimes there isn't this type of support. So it's sort of yeah. like showing the value of it as well yeah. um and how it could help their performance you know taking care yeah. of themselves outside of the game yeah. and also help their, their performances so mm. yeah it's nice sort of promoting not- that
2: yeah yeah you're right not every team of the to be honest the money and also the connection to yeah. get people that know their subjects to to do this and to help the players so yeah it's good that they have to experience they can experience it um so yeah sometimes after some players go to a big team and they are a bit surprised that they don't have this level of uh, yeah, <laughs> of yeah. people helping them. But yeah. Uh, yeah, at least they have a chance. Uh, they are put in the best condition possible and they, they just yeah. uh, go go with their career.
0: Yeah. And, and the course is in French as well, only in French. Yeah, it's all uh... in French. <laughs> <laughs> so only for the
2: French players, French-speaking yep. players. Okay. Exactly. Uh, only yeah. available in France. Sorry. <laughs>
1: looks like looks like John's gonna have a career in esports, and I'm not.
2: Oh. <laughs> I'm gonna move to Bordeaux
0: now. Um,
2: yeah, you uh... can. It's a beautiful city. That's good. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but obviously, like we spoke a lot about esports there. Um, but we did touch on obviously developing. A wider identity, develop another interest outside of esports. How do you like to sort of disconnect from esports? Because there's a huge sort of <laughs> grind culture in esports, like constantly yeah. trying to play to get better, but sometimes that's not 100 percent beneficial for performance. Sometimes you need to disconnect. How yeah. do you dis- how do you disconnect?
2: Well, before it was easy because I was um I was studying, I was in a sandwich course. Yeah. Uh, so I had like Three weeks in working in the company and one week of uh, school. Um, so it was easy, basically. My day was mostly working outside of, uh, of the game and outside of the team. Um, so it was not about disconnecting, it was about connecting <laughs> yeah. with them. Um, and when I got full time, that's when I discovered that indeed it's important to disconnect. Um, I've gone. Without a uh, break or without anything. Well, no. Let Let's be more honest. The team didn't take any break since uh, SI qualifiers in mid January until we finished Berlin mid August. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a long time. Yeah. Uh, so we had some we had some day offs, obviously, but it wasn't like five straight day or even a week. It was just pure grind for two stages in Berlin Major. Wow. And we were a bit, uh, I won't say burnt for Berlin, but for sure exhausted, yeah. yeah. Um, and after Berlin, everyone wanted to take a, a few days break, so we took uh, one week. Uh, but you also have to learn how to make small disconnects uh, moments. Uh, for me, it's uh, doing sports. Basically, every morning I go um to a gym uh i'm uh I, i'm paying a crossfit uh, crossfit gym every every month tough, tough, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, so every morning i just um i wake up obviously I work a bit for a team then i go to the sport and i just disconnect for one or two hours uh before going back uh, so yeah that's that's the way i form for myself, at least, to disconnect. I saw you uh,
1: like uh, skiing.
2: Oh, yeah. I yeah. go to ski every year. <laughs>
1: well, when do you do that,
2: Nobler? Uh Usually it's uh, February, March. But this year, I have a size, so February is not an option. Probably <laughs> probably after size, I don't know. Probably I go to, to ski in Canada. We don't know. Oh, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: sure. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. For sure. Yeah. Yeah, enjoying the time since I'm yeah. here anyway. I um,
1: uh, I love uh,
2: snowboarding. Uh, oh, like, I'm, I, more I tried. Second. I yeah. tried to be honest. I spent half a day sitting on the snow. And then I said, that's <laughs> <Yeah>. too much. <laughs> a lot of perseverance. Is <laughs> that's too much. I'm stopping here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, um, but yeah, that's, that's the daily, daily sport for me that uh, is helping me to keep a good mental and also to disconnect a bit. And after, yeah, you, you have to value time with your family, uh, girlfriend, or whatever people you want to spend time with, friends. That yeah. yeah, you have to you have to put at least one day off uh, per week. That's something we learned also. Uh, stage two, we've gone through uh, eight weeks, no day offs. Uh, at the start, I was saying, oh, guys, can we take some day offs? Do you think? They were like, no, we need to grind. We're not good enough, etc." cetera. Um, and after in stage three, I said, no, that's not a question. We'll have a day off per week <laughs> yeah. uh, because we've seen the result, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, having at least one day off and when you can take a few few more days. Um, after Berlin, we took a week. After Stockholm, we took a week. Um, yeah. No, we've taken two weeks because we are coming back on January 4th or 5th. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you have to to take some more time with your family some some of our players uh, aren't living with their parent anymore so they have to travel back to parents place to spend time with them so it's important to have and give them time for this uh, yeah
0: yeah I, I saw a little creature move in the background there i don't know if that's is it a cat yeah that's my cat uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you forgot yeah. to mention the cat <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah i put I put him uh, a sleeping basket here yeah. because at the start, he was uh, either sleeping on me or on my uh, mouse yeah. mat. Uh, and that's a bit hard to work yeah. when you have a cat on your mouse mat. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I just put a sleeping basket here so he can stay here yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, and he spend multiple, the whole day. Yeah. We've done multiple
1: <laughs> podcasts where like people have got cats and they're like walking all over the desk and like, run yeah. their back.
2: Classic, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah <laughs> they, they love
0: knocking things off like desks and stuff as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. When when he goes up my desk, usually he just uh, start to smash my uh, my mouse or something else, <laughs> yeah, or yeah. whatever he found on desk that can just fall over. Yeah. Oh,
1: make sure you got no drinks up there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's why I'm I'm mostly using uh, a bottles like a closed one. Yeah, yeah. As, uh, that's as the most... safety. But yeah, I have my glass of water as
1: so... Okay. Um. But yeah, sort of uh, coming to the end of the pod now. Um, you've secured that role as a head coach at M&M. Hmm. What's sort of next for you? Like, what what sort of your ambitions in that role? Um, do you have any future ambitions beyond the role? Like, what's next for you?
2: Uh, winning more titles, I would say. Yeah. Um, uh, I'll be honest. I don't want to leave M&M. Uh, yep. That's a great org to be in. um and Dan are taking so much care about us, uh, so that I'm really enjoying it. Uh, players are, are great. They um, they are they are funny. They make me smile every day. And uh, that's also why we I think we have achieved so much in one year is because we just have fun together and we we love to spend time together. Um, so I. Wouldn't leave M M&M, uh, <laughs> for any other team, even if uh, someone else called me huh? I yeah. would say no to be honest. Um so yeah, just stay with MM uh and winning more titles. Uh SI is in February. Uh then we have next year will be two stages, two major and some minors. So I would say going into going into top four this is, I don't know. I would I would say we can win it, but uh I'll be honest. There is teams that are looking very scary. So yeah. okay. if if we do the same interview after one after all months of preparation, then I I could probably say that we are going to win. But <laughs> for now, I don't know how the preparation have gone. So I would say top yeah. four confidence. Um, okay. And then yeah, probably try to win. Let's say the two major and at least one minor in the in the middle of the year. That would be the goal for me. Uh, and going to the next Esio. Yeah. Okay. Uh, even yeah, so, like,
1: uh, it looks like Eminem. Like that's sort of why I reached out to you from from, from the outside looking in. Eminem gaming seems like a really good. org to be a part of. Um, yeah. so I thought I'd like look into Eminem because I saw a lot of what they were doing on social media, and yeah. you know, I found you, and I thought you'd be a great person to have on the podcast based on like your experience. Um, and mm. obviously, after speaking to you, I can only <laughs> recommend Eminem even more. Uh, so yeah, I'll yeah. definitely, definitely be supporting. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, over, the, over the coming uh, year, um, we have a segment as a final question of the podcast where we ask the previous guest to ask the future guest a question. Yeah. Uh, um, and then you have to answer it, and then think of a next question for the for the next guest. And you, they, <laughs> they don't know that you was coming on. It's a random. Okay. question So okay. last week we had uh, Gabriel hallier Garcia, who is a professional League of Legends head coach, um, and he asked what is one thing you did wrong one thing you did right and one thing you would change to become a better professional next year so basically reflecting from last year a good time to sort of do that so one <laughs> thing you did wrong yeah. one thing you did right one thing to the change to become a better professional
2: uh, one thing i did right i did wrong and what i would change um one thing I did wrong, I uh, would say, is uh, sometimes not forcing my player to do something. Uh, that's something that I come with experience. To be honest, yeah. uh, at the start you you're a bit fearing that they uh, will get angry or whatever. Uh, but yeah, impose more my vision and not not forcing it to them. If it's something bad, but if it's something that is good, just try to push it more. Yeah. That's what I, I think I haven't done enough this year. Um, what I did good. That's an <laughs> odd one. Yeah, that's an <laughs> odd one. It's important <laughs> though. It's Damn, important. The, yeah. that's uh, that's an odd one. Um, uh,
1: because often we're so critical of ourselves. Like it's very hard to like look at the positives as well. Like, I'm such yeah. a person for that. Uh, so yeah, one thing you did right.
2: Um. Well... <laughs> <laughs> That's a really hard one. Uh, I Would say uh, keeping the motivation for um, most of the year. Yeah. Uh, players were really motivated to to continue into the game. Sometimes we got uh, hardships with the with the game. To be honest, uh, itself the way it's developed and the way sometimes we have internet troubles or uh, ping issues, etc. But yeah, even if sometimes it was tough, the players always keep motivation. Uh, so I think it was it's good, That's something great. And what I would change, uh, I would change the way that uh, we've gone to Berlin. Um, okay. uh, yeah, I would change the probably a bit of our. We got a bootcamp uh, one week before Berlin, uh, and I think I would just change how I manage the bootcamp. Um, it wasn't like super bad. Uh but I think some small changes would have done more the job. Yeah. Uh yeah. So some some morning I would have let them just have fun. Okay. Over some uh, group games, etc. Uh than just uh yeah, asking them sometime to do VOD that is uh, a bit odd on the morning. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh-huh. probably what I would have changed. It's good that yeah, you yeah.
1: sort of reflected on that. as the whole point of, of doing it, you know? whole yeah. point of yeah. reflective practice is to sort of learn from, even if it went well before, like, you know, is there anything we can improve from that? Uh, so, mm. so, yeah, no, super good. What's sort of your uh, question for the next guest? Can you think of one?
2: Uh, yeah. Uh, for the next guest, I would ask, um, uh, what is the thing or the person that changed your career? you think changed your career
1: at like the turning point.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's a good one. We haven't had that one. So <laughs> for sure.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh no, we appreciate you coming on the podcast and sort of spending some time with us. Uh we really appreciate it obviously being so close to Christmas. Um yeah I understand you just got back from a competition but it's been really really good really enjoyed it. A lot of things that I learned. It was great to learn about your journey, the stuff that's going on at MM. Um yeah i really enjoyed it so thanks so much
2: for coming on that's no problem i enjoyed it as yeah. well thanks yeah. for inviting me and giving me this uh, opportunity to speak so yeah thanks yeah. a lot it was enjoyable
0: definitely a part two because there's so many questions i had that mm-hmm. i didn't get the chance to but uh it would, would go on forever so uh, yeah <laughs> so down for yeah you two. have to
2: put a limit on, I on know. It. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's the bad thing <laughs> but, yeah. But, uh, but
1: yeah no we hope you enjoyed this episode if you could please share it to your friends or someone you feel will benefit from it most importantly like subscribe comment down below any questions or guests you'd like us to get on in the future also go follow us on twitter and instagram links will be in the description of the youtube video or find us at master in the Mind podcast thanks for listening and we'll see you in the next one